Hello and welcome to Miss Checkpoints, the video game book club podcast. Today we're doing another bonus cast. I'm your host Marcus and joining me today as always is the homie Trevor. What's going on? And then we also have a guest and he also, I think this is maybe his favorite game ever. So, uh, what's up Dante? <laughs> not not quite that high, but it, it but it's up there. Hello um, everyone. And so, uh, I won't even say the game. I will let you just get into the intro and take this, take it away. Okay, well, the game we're talking about today is Shadow of the Colossus, the PS4 remake in specific. Um, this game was also known as Wanda in the Colossus in Japan, which is um, kind of an abbreviated version of Wonder in the Colossus. They just don't have the ER sound. Um it's an action-adventure game, but also has quite a few puzzle elements. So when you hear a lot of people describe the game, they will say, oh, it's really a puzzle game. It was originally released for the PlayStation 2 back in October of 2005. A team called Bluepoint did a remaster in September of 2011, and they're also the team behind the PS4 remaster, which came out in February 2018. So the original designers were Team Eco, and um, they are no longer with us. They, um, the head producer Ueda, eventually left Sony and created his own team called Gen Design, and it was um, developed in collaboration with Sony Computer Entertainment Japan. The remake was done by Bluepoint Studios, and. Um, for previous games for the studios, Team Eco is known for Eco, their original game, and The Last Guardian, which is their newest game, which was their newest game, I suppose. Bluepoint is a um, mostly known for their porting efforts, so all of the PS3 collections, so the God of War collection, um, I think the Jack and Daxter collection, Ratchet and Clank collection, I'm pretty sure they were responsible for all of those and they also developed the playstation all-stars um vita version for the ps4 they developed the young charted collection and they also were behind the gravity rush remaster um as far as playtime goes for the game i would say first playthrough you can expect roughly spend six to ten hours roughly does that sound about right to you guys that's Um... a pretty wide range yeah, I mean, that is. It depends on how you play it, though. It's like Zelda. That's true. That's true. I, I don't think I spent that long, but I think also I was maybe not trying to explore in the way that I would normally. Gotcha. You didn't get the speedrun trophy, did you? No, no. I, I wasn't good at the game. I just was getting yeah. through it quickly. I was just curious, because <laughs> there's a very specific trophy where it's like, complete the game under 5 hours, 48 minutes, and like 12 seconds or something? No, I did not get that. Okay. I actually got it this run, so um, okay. that's how I know about it. <laughs> you never had gotten it before? No. Did you ever? Did you even know about it? No. Oh, <laughs> it was a complete surprise. That was my last surprise when mm. I finished the game. Cool. Anyway, a um, little bit more info on Shadow of the Colossus. It began as a project called um, Nico which is a play on words between um, Eco, their original game, and Ni, which is two in Japanese. The first showing of Nico um, was originally intent- showed that the game was originally intended to be multiplayer. 
the footage showed boys on horseback fighting a colossi at the same time. All of Team Eco's games have revolved around companionship, and this one's pretty much no different in that respect. So in their original game, you had Eco and a girl he kind of had to... Um, he That tagged along with him the entire game. And there was a lot of puzzles that involved like getting her from point A to point B. There was a literal mechanic where you had to hold her hand and bring her with you at times. So that was developed to establish a relationship so you would um, empathize with those two characters. This time, it's more focused on Wonder, the main character, and Agro, his horse. And pretty much the horse, despite being an animal, is a character in every regard. In this lonely, isolated expanse that we have to um, explore in Shadow of the Colossus, he's the only companion that you have throughout the entire thing. He was even designed specifically not to obey every single order issued to him, so sometimes when you call for him, he doesn't come. And that's to kind of reflect what an actual horse does. Um, Wade is also known as a perfectionist, and it shows through the game. The original game pushed the PS2 to its absolute, absolute limits, and techniques that weren't often employed in games at the time, such as detailed physics engines, motion blur, and fur shading, those were all in one package with Shadow of the Colossus. If I recall, the development team was roughly about 33 or so people. And um, Ueda, along with many critics, have cited how this game is very similar to Zelda in some regards. Ueda himself referred to the Colossi as an inverse Zelda dungeon. So the remake um, came to fruition after Bluepoint decided they wanted to create a definitive version of the original game. And I'm pretty sure this came not too long after their um, PS3 remaster of Ico and Shadows of the Colossus. Many of the employees at the company were passionate about the game, so this kind of became a dream project for them. Game actually uses the same code base as the PlayStation 2 version, but the graphical assets and um, sound, from my understanding, has been completely redone for the remaster. Both the original re... Both the original and remake of Shadow of the Colossus have been well-renowned, um, with the original having made Wikipedia's Greatest Video Games of All Time page, which means that at least six major publications have recognized it in a list that recognizes games of all time and stuff like that. Um, Shadow of the Colossus is often brought up as one of the first arguments as to whether games are art or not. And this is because, in my opinion... Shadow of the Colossus has a co cohesion that's missing from most games. It has a minimalist storytelling, minimalist world design, um, minimalist color palette, and that all kind of reflects in the way the world comes together and how things play out. They also use sound to a really amazing regard, so a lot of times when you're just traveling around it's very muted, but then they have certain music cues like... Each Colossus has its own theme, from my understanding. When you mount the Colossus, the music changes into this swelling um, kind of surge of a sound design. And then once you defeat the Colossus, you kind of get this melancholy, sad music that plays to indicate the end of its life. Um, and all of that's done to evoke emotion from the player. 
even the gameplay um, follows that same minimalist approach. So Wander has 16 different colossi that he has to defeat throughout the course of the game. There's no more. There's no less. That experience is the same for everybody. There are only 16 enemies in this game. There are no side missions, no characters to talk to or interact with, no collectibles that are required to progress. And something that I kind of just realized today that I thought was really interesting is you end the game with the same inventory and tools that you started with. Um, without jumping completely into the subject at the moment, there's a, also something else I wanted to add. Um, the game is also really well known for its moral ambiguity. The bait the debate um, of the main character's actions is still something debated on the internet today. Okay, So getting into the story of the game. Story begins in Medias Res, which means in the middle of things. The protagonist, Wander, travels to the Forbidden Land in hopes of reviving Mono, a maiden who was sacrificed for her cursed fate. Um, staying true to the minimalist storytelling... The names and backgrounds of these characters aren't divulged at the beginning of this tale. Shortly after he arrives at the, um, the, I guess, ruins, the shrine, he places Mono on an altar. And shortly after, he's contacted by Dorman, who is a being who is believed to control the souls of the dead. Dorman speaks to you from the sky, has both a male and female voice going on at the same time and he notices that wander has a special sword that has the ability to cast shadows um, away from the land therein they form a contract which wander has to destroy the 16 idols aligning the walls of the shrine and in return doorman will resurrect mono Task, however, isn't quite as simple as it sounds. Each of the 16 idols has a physical incarnation, a colossi, that exists somewhere in the Forbidden Land. To destroy the idol, Wander must, dis Wander must first destroy its analogous colossus. Dorman provides a final warning to Wander that the price he may um, pay for embarking on this journey will be heavy. But Wander remains unfazed. With his sword and his loyal steed, Agro, Wander sets off on his quest. This is the only time we hear the protagonist speak, and these are the only character the game introduces until very close to the end. And that's pretty much the introduction in a nutshell. I'm so glad you're here, because I would not have given this game that amount of uh, <laughs> a proper introduction. I guess that's the way I will put it. It's been fascinating because a lot of that stuff I knew, but literally I've been finding stuff out about the actual game itself, like the gameplay, some of the details surrounding the development, all this other stuff I never would have known until I like looked looked into it. Mm -hmm. And something interesting that I was mentioning to Trevor before we even started, this game, um, they originally intended 48 Colossi. Could you Could you even imagine... No. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they ended up, because of the PS2 constrictions and stuff, cutting it down to 24. And even from there, they had to restrict it back even more, so it ended up being 16. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, okay, cool. So, what... I guess we will, we'll start. What is your background with this game, Trevor? Alright, so... Back when... I forget which magazine it was, but one of the PlayStation magazines used to send out, send out these holiday demo discs. And it was like for the PS2. And Shadow of the Colossus was one of the demos on there. So I probably played that first Colossi, I don't know, like 20 times. Because that was as far as you could go in the game. Like once you completed that first Colossi, you know, the demo ended. But um, ever since then, you know, I pretty much loved the game. But never got around to playing it until just last month. And I'm kind of upset at myself for not doing it because I love the game just as much as I did when it was just a demo to me. Um, And then as far as the developer, um, I played The Last Guardian. Like that was the first game I played once I got my PS4. Um, And yeah, that was it's it's pretty up there on my list of games as well. Um, as far as playing, or just... Um, no, as far as, like, games I really enjoyed. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, I have no uh, background with this game or any game in the series. I, I don't even think I had heard of this game until meeting Dante. Like, this was, like, a game that I knew he really, really enjoyed, and he had convinced one of our mutual friends to play this game, but... I, I didn't grow. I didn't have a PS2 growing up, so it just wasn't something that I would have probably been able to ever play. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I have finally been able to check it off uh, as something that I have experienced. Though I don't think that I, I'm not leaving this with as high I, regard. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But what do you, what do you mean you don't have any um, experience with it? You played Castlevania: Lords of Shadow. Yeah, like, that's the thing, is, like, the games that I, I... I can see the games that have been influenced by it, um, good and bad, and um, it's really interesting to, like... I've been thinking a lot about, like, you know, Dante said, like, game, this game is one of the first games that can considered art and everything, and just, like... Seeing something for the first time at one age versus seeing it at a different time and things have progressed and like some of the luster and uh, shine on things aren't the same or don't hit the same for somebody. So like, you know, Dante, I'm assuming the first time he played this game, it was like mind blowing and like he had never experienced something like this before. And for me, playing this for the first time in 2020... I can see, I know the history of this game and I'm like I can appreciate what this game did for the medium but I've played so many games that have expanded upon what this game does in some respects that it's kind of like oh this is really cool it's kind of like when we played Black Mesa where it's like oh like I can see what the early stages and I can see how this was revolutionary but it's not hitting me the same way it would if I had played this game 15 years ago, you know? I get what you're saying, but I still feel like this game does a lot of things much better than most modern games. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, but that's just kind of where I'm coming at from with this game. So I do think this game is a great game. Uh, but like, yeah, I was doing some reading and just kind of the way people were talking about, even like in the positive reviews, how like this game, even in comparison to the original, just like some of the technical aspects of this game. And this was a question I had for you, Dante. Uh, kind of like you lose some of the mysteriousness of the of the game with the crispness of the graphics because you're losing a lot of the uh, draw distances and like kind of like things are more mysterious and the world is like more of a like what's going on in the original game. But because the graphic fidelity of this game is so high now that you lose some of that out. You lose out on some of that stuff. I'm of the opinion, and this isn't to say those critiques are wrong, Mm -hmm. but I do think sometimes people are a little bit too precious about the like original version of things kind of what we're seeing with final fantasy 7 right now with a lot of people being like oh well this isn't exactly like what i remember yeah so therefore it's not as good because for me at least personally speaking like i could probably never go back to the original after playing this Mm -hmm. and i feel like they add so much as far as like world building and just some of the lighting and aesthetic stuff of it it adds so much to the atmosphere of the game i like i just couldn't go back gotcha like yeah a lot of the reviews i were reading was that you should play both of these games almost back to back and not necessarily as a sequel but just kind of like you gotta take them together and not preferring one over the other but just taking the two as a single unit almost um and uh and yeah i was listening to uh, a beast cat no a waypoint and i was wondering if you had this either i guess not but uh patrick klepik was saying that one of the things that he really really liked about the resident evil 2 remaster which he i guess said is in his regard the best remaster that's ever been done is Mm -hmm. that they do enough to make it feel like you felt the first time you played the game in 1998 without good and bad and his criticism of Resident Evil 3 was that the things that didn't work in that game, they didn't go out of their way to adjust mm-hmm. and to make it better. And um, I, I was reading, because uh, we didn't cover some of the things that they tweaked with this, because I'm assuming we all played the remake, or the, I don't, what do you call this, like the, the remaster? Yeah. Because there, wasn't, wasn't there a PS3 port? There's a PS3 remaster. I, I consider it more of a remake but i mean that furbiology is you know it's very it blurred every yeah. every year <laughs> but yeah um i guess uh, the closest thing would be the original um resident evil one remake on the gamecube this is kind mm-hmm. of in line with that gotcha so. and and so i don't know if you know off the top but i was doing a little bit of looking into what they adjusted for this game and mm-hmm. i think con- control scheme was one of them uh, but another thing was that apparently those shrines initially were the only way you could save outside of uh, after, I guess, did the game autosave still? Or maybe it didn't, but autosave after you kill a Colossus? I don't... Did PS2 even have autosave? Like, I don't know. That, that, I didn't have a PS2, so... Yeah, like, I vaguely remember having to manually save and you had to go to the shrines. 
Yeah, because that was one of the things in this game is that you could uh, at any point pause the game and save it. It didn't have to be at the shrine. And so in this game, a shrine was... It was a save point still, but it also just revived your energy. And um, But that was the only thing that I quickly saw that was like a difference. Was there other things? Um. So, you know that glowing orb that crashed your game the one time? Yeah. I'm pretty sure those are new. And... Mm-hmm. Um, if you get all of those, you get a special version of the sword. But aside from that, they're just superfluous. Okay. I think everything else, more or less, is the same. Because, like like they were saying, um, it was built on the PS2 code base for the game, from my understanding. Gotcha. And going back to what you were saying about um, Patrick Klepek's, I guess, take or opinion on like how remasters should be done. Mm-hmm. I find myself mostly agreeing with him where um, to me at least I don't none of these games are like sacred cows to me or whatever forgive me if that term wasn't like proper but um, you can always go back to the original so I don't mind the creators doing a couple creative differences when they remake or remaster a game I think at this point I don't disagree with you um, but I just kind of like not, you can go back to the games they're remaking now, mm-hmm. but like, I kind of feel like maybe a couple years ago, maybe not as easily where it's like, I think at this point now they're remaking games from a generation ago, <laughs> right? Where before it was like, oh, they're remaking this game that was from like the original PlayStation or, you know, the, you know, that era that was mm-hmm. a little bit diff- more difficult. Yeah, and I guess not to bring it back to Final Fantasy VII again, but um, they're having there's a lot of critiques about that game just being like, oh well, it's not the entire thing, and they're taking this one chunk of, chunk of the game and making it into a you know full game, and they're calling it Seven Remake, and I get the titling stuff that people are complaining about, but the fact is they're expanding that game out to a they're taking a five hour chunk of the original game and expanding it out to a thirty hour thing which is a full game. But um people are being pretty upset about it. It happens. <laughs> yeah. People on the internet. Exactly. People being shocking. People. <laughs> all right. Um so I mean, we all play this PS4, I'm assuming. Yep. Um yep. Okay. And I guess Dante just to get the close the circle, uh what is your background with this series, this game and series, I guess? So I've played all three of Team Eco's games, which Ico, Shadow of the Colossus, and Last Guardian. Probably, um... Are they... Quick question. Are they like a light trilogy, or is there, like, really no through line? Because, like, I... When I started this game up, I was thinking that the two characters were the characters from... Like, having never played it, I knew about Eco from you. And so I was thinking that, oh, this is the boy and this is the girl. And that's immediately that's why that's is why he cares about her so much. It's because he had just you just went through this previous game where he's doing all this stuff with her because she's helpless or whatever. Right. There are very loose um, connections that link all three of the games. And there's some implications at the very end that um, kind of imply that this is a prequel. In fact, pretty heavily implied that they're a prequel. But from what I was reading earlier, Ueda himself said, I think it's more um, 
he sees it as a non-canonical link himself mm-hmm. and he just kind of wants people to interpret the story they want to um the way they want to interpret it okay yeah and as far as blue point i think i've played a couple of their collections and stuff like that okay yeah um so what do we want to tackle first uh gameplay and just kind of like the flow of things sure let's do that then um so kind of what Dante said one of the interesting things and I'm glad you said it because that wasn't something that I thought about was that you do end up like everything that you can do in the beginning of the game you can do at the end or at the end of the game you you have at the beginning of the game you don't get any additional tools or inventory or anything so that's pretty cool um you basically you're told by uh, Dorm- Dorman, that uh, you just you he directs you or they direct you to your first target. You know, like there are sixteen colossi that you have to defeat, and you're taking them out one by one. And he's or it's telling you which ones you need to, or it's setting out the path for you. So all you have to do is get on aggro and basically ride out to that colossi and defeat it um if i miss anything no i I guess the only thing i would say is pretty much the only things aside from what marcus described as far as um traversing the world are there are lizards with white tails where if you shoot their tail you get a stamina boost there are fruits and very specific trees if you eat the fruit you get a health boost and then there are these glowing orbs, which, if you collect however many there are, you get that special sword. But nobody would definitely finish that on their first playthrough. And honestly, I knew about the lizard tails from previous playthroughs, but I never knew about the fruit until I started playing right now. So all that stuff is completely optional. And it's it's nice to have a little bit of a boost, but it's completely unnecessary. What does the fruit do for you? Because I, I shot and I, I ate some pineapple, but I didn't know. I I only knew that you could eat them because I went through the stats and I was looking at all the stats and it's like, oh, amount of fruits eaten. So I was like, oh, there's fruit at some point in this game. And when I saw pineapple, I shot two out the tree and ate them. And I was like, okay, what does that do? So it increases your maximum HP. Okay, but you have to eat a certain amount before it does it, or every single one. It's just oh, okay. a really tiny amount, though. Okay. My other question was, um, in the first game, did you recover health in the same way? Just over Pray. time? Over time? Yes. So if you stand still, you also um, regain health in this game. I saw a little exploit that if you crouch, you uh, gain health quicker. I was trying to figure out if that was the case or not, because I always crouch to do it, but apparently if you stand still, you also do it, so... Well, I'm just saying you gain life back quicker. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I saw that. I was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. Did you mention the sword? Sorry if I... No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So Dorman pretty much instructs you, hey, if you shine your sword, it's going to reflect a beam of life, um, beam of light onto the colossi that you need to um, track down. So that's kind of your waypoint of sorts. Yeah, yeah. There's no like your your HUD in this game is non existent. There's no mini map. 
really, the only thing you can see is I think when you get damaged, you see your life bar, right? And stamina. And stamina. And um, you can see occasionally when you switch, you have uh, three essential states. You have uh, your sword when that's equipped. You have when your bow and arrow is equipped or when you have nothing equipped. And that's basically it. Um, and then, yeah, so you're, you're basically, you're, he tells you a, a, a pretty generic description. Like he may say like it's at the top of a lake overlooking the river or something like that, right? Right. And that, that is basically what you have to go off of. And then you have this sword that uh, will shine towards where you need to go, but you can only use it when you're in the light. You can't use it in the shadows. Correct. Um, and it uh, that that's all you have to go off of, and then you're just set in this world, and you have to defeat these colossi, and this will lead into probably the the biggest takeaway for me in this game, or the thing that I really really enjoyed the most was the atmosphere of this game. It was very very uh, like awe inspiring, almost. Well, that too, but like it was beautiful. It was like, I mean, you're seeing waterfalls, you're seeing... Yeah, like, that's one thing I was going to mention is like throughout the game, you see pretty much every single environment or biome that exists. Like, Yeah, well, except desert. for snow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, exactly. Like this world is, I think they do a really good job of like, de- like he said, depicting a lot of different geography, be it biomes. And it, it's just very vast, and it's it's beautiful. But like on the flip side, and kind of something Dante talked about, my a complaint I have, it's a minor one. Is like it's very the the color palette of the environment is very subdued, and I, I kind of wish there was a little bit of colors, like some flowers or some type of like like it's not to say that the game would look any better, but it would like kind of. I don't know, like, like may, I, I get what you're saying. It may have maybe it's really weird because like you're 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 going to these old temples and these old ruins and immediately the first thing I thought was was what happened, where is everybody, who built this, what you know, what's going on? And like I felt like if there was a little bit more color, like if you would have saw some flowers somewhere or like a garden or like a field of like crops or something, that would even heighten that sense of like what's going on here that sense of mystery for me um to make it feel like it's weird to say make a place that has nobody there feel more lived in (laughs) because that feels like an oxymoron saying that no i think you did a good job of kind of describing like some of the stuff that you know could have potentially been done differently but but I, i like i said like it doesn't detract from how gorgeous the game does look like even like when you're riding the horse through like it's like when you're riding the horse through a a forest and then there's like specific sections of the forest where light is sunlight is coming in through the leaves or um when you're like when you're walking through that forest and you just the way this game uses particles and like foliage and just there's leaves falling but not too many leaves like a lot of games have and it's just like it's subtle, but it's beautiful at the same time. And butterflies will like fly past you, 
Like certain animals will just be a hawk in the will be flying over you. Like, uh, like, yeah, yeah, and it, it just everything looks so. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know how to describe it. This is definitely one of the best looking games, um, like environments that I've I've played in, where it's just like, man, I would really like to see what this place. What what was the inspiration for this? And like, I I definitely see it in the. Uh, I think you said. I'm, I'm scrolling through your notes where he, he kind of, um, Ueda, how do you say his name? How do you say the uh, designer's name, Dante? Ueda. Ueda, where he kind of, he, he said that he got like the Colossus design from Zelda Dungeons, but I kind of feel like the environment itself, like it maybe is I'm, I'm impartial or cause I'm only talking from a Breath of the Wild point of view, and obviously Breath of the Wild may have aped some things, definitely aped some things from this game, but, like, like it's, it, I, I get the same vibes from the two games. No, that's completely fair, because, you know, you have your big environment, and it has all of these different um, biomes, as Trevor was saying, and you kind of, like, they're kind of similar, but they flow into each other naturally, mm-hmm. which is really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. And I guess another small detail that I really appreciate is just the amount of detail that goes into the like the movements of the character and the movement of the horse to really just kind of sell the world you're living in. So as you're galloping through the desert, you see little bits and pieces of sand get kicked up by your horse mm-hmm. and they leave the little like um sand prints and the hoof prints. Yep. And I just think it looks so nice. One hundred percent. Yeah, that that definitely. It feels weird to say that, but the environment was like the highlight, the my favorite part about this game, and I, I got a lot of enjoyment. I was just kind of seeing how they depicted certain things, and it was really cool. Um, I don't know though. <laughs> like, it made me want to like see play this game. With, like, the freedom you have in Zelda, though, in Breath of the Wild. And it's like, I just want to jump off this cliff and hang glide over there. <laughs> like if um, Breath of the Wild was developed ground up for, like, PS4 or Xbox One or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, that That was like, man, like, I just want to be able to go, go ahead and hang glide over to that mountain. Or just jump into that. I want to see what's at the bottom of this river. <laughs> or, you know, like, things like that. And it's just like... You can't you I you can't do that in this game, but like it was like I, I the game looked so good that I, I wanted to do it though. So um. did any of you um, or either of you mess around with the photo mode at all? I did not. It was turned off for me, and I didn't turn it on. Gotcha. I think I did like for the first um, part of the game, but then I just wanted to play it. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I was just going to say, like, it has one of the more robust photo modes I've seen in a game, and it's just crazy, because, like, I don't really find myself using photo mode too much. I'll use it, like, maybe three or four times throughout a game on average, but this game, I literally took, like, 30 or 40 photos the first time I went through, made one of them, like, like, the art in this game is so good, I use it as my desktop background. And it looked like actual art. It gives you that same sense. Like I don't know if y'all have played um, 
Assassin's Creed Origins. But that's the one that's in mm-hmm. Egypt. Gotcha. So it gives you kind of that same sense of like depth to the environment and just like very nice scenes. Yeah, it's it's a complete picture that you're getting yeah so i know the photo mode in that game is pretty fun because i've used it um, but they have more of like a, a social aspect to it whereas with this one you know like you said it's more of like just personal photos and using it for your desktop or whatever yeah yeah um and so i i guess you know uh Environment aside, I guess, um, so you're riding your, the, the gameplay is you, you ride your horse to each of these colossi, um, and so you'll come across a colossi, and sometimes it triggers, the, 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 they all trigger a cutscene, Dante? It at least triggers like a, hey, this guy is here cutscene. But some of them are completely passive, and then other ones are aggressive. Mm-hmm. And um, from there, then you have to figure out what you need to do. Um, There's a little bit of uh, help, and it it says, like, you can, similarly to how you use your sword to figure out where you need to go, you can use your sword to see uh, weak points, though I don't know if you guys tried to do it. It it really wasn't super effective for me. Um, So I I tended not to do it. Um, and, uh, yeah, then you just have to figure out, like, it's, it's, like he said, it's a puzzle where you have to figure out, um... I get the one gameplay thing, or I guess there's two gameplay things that we haven't mentioned, are the bow and arrow that you have, which you can use to shoot things, essentially, so that's how you, notor- like, get gain notoriety from the Colossi in a lot of cases. And then, two, the climbing mechanic, which is essentially how you climb up cliffs... How you yeah, mount the colossi. Yeah. yeah, my bad. I forgot about that. And, and what's, what's weird is this game, I can see a lot of the through line that where this game inspired other games like, um, you know, like Lords of Shadow and Assassin's Creed and Horizon Zero Dawn, um, certain aspects of the games. But with those games, the climbing mechanic isn't as organic as it is in here in in shadow of the colossus you're climbing like vines and hair and and that sort of thing whereas in the other games that may have been inspired by it you know you're climbing like actual rock and and buildings things that have sharp angles to them not necessarily like organic um objects yeah I just thought that was, you know, something that's interesting that, especially because this, you know, that's kind of what drew me to this game is like, I'm a huge fan of traversal in video games, but I can't recall having played a lot of games that, you know, allow you to climb that way where you, you know, you're climbing fur or hair and and vines and stuff like that versus, you know, just being able to, um, to mantle rocks and whatnot. I will say that I'm pretty sure you do in, I mean, maybe not fur and hair, but you're climbing up uh, bodies and stuff in Lords of Shadows. And another game that I've never played, but I remember it being a huge selling point for the game was God of War 3. Um, that being a huge selling point. Um, 
The thing I will say, and this is, I guess, where I start to defer, is if I never have to climb a giant character in a video game again, I will be happy. Um, because it is not fun for me. Have you not like, played Horizon Zero Dawn? No. And if that's what you gotta do, count me out. Imagine instead of <laughs> Colossi, like, you're climbing like Zoids. Giant mechanical <laughs> I just, like, that That was the, like, I, I know that is the whole game for this game, or a part of the game, and I know this was the, I don't know if this was the first game that did it. I don't know if uh, it was the first game to kind of blow it out and, like, go all out about it, but everything, my complaints that I had about this mechanic in Lords of Shadows applies to this game as well it's not fun to for me it's not it is cool to like i'm solving a puzzle i'm trying to get to this weak point or whatever and i need to figure out where it is or whatever and just figuring out the mechanic of how to get to the weak point on the character is interesting oftentimes but the whole like i'm climbing this thing oh now i can't move for a little bit because it's shaking its arm Climbing this thing, oh, I can't move a little bit because it's flipping over, or like that part was not fun, and it became a drag, especially on certain bosses that I had issues with, where like I would fall off and I would have to do the whole interaction all over, not because I died, but having to get to that point on the Colossus over again, and yeah, I <laughs> like my favorite for the most part, my favorite Colossus. Colossi in this game were the smaller ones because those you more so had to interact with the environment and I felt like the gameplay and the the way you had to deal with those Colossi was more fun than having to just like here's a big dude uh he stops okay climb up his foot weak point climb up his back weak point get to his head weak point and those bosses to me were usually not fun I'd I'd have to disagree with you that's fine that's fine (laughs) Because, I mean, like... Some of the spectacle is just, like... Definitely, definitely. Like, the the bird boss, not to, like, jump super ahead, but, like, when you climb onto him and then he does, like, one of those um, barrel rolls in the air yeah, and you're just yeah, holding yes, on... Yes, Like, like I was I, losing my mind. <laughs> I, I did a list. I did a list of all 16 of the Colossi, and I have a, a, a two columns, like and didn't like. So, and for the most part, there's seven that I didn't like. And so there's nine that I did like. So for the most part, I liked more than I didn't like. But like that particular thing about climbing something, nah, <laughs> nah. To me, it made it seem more like the the Colossus was reacting to you. No, and and not you just no. like like when you play like Assassin's Creed or, or Tomb Raider. You're basically, you know, traversing this dungeon, but when you're on the Colossus, it it's like you're on a, a moving, living thing. So you bring up a point which, like, I knew it beforehand, but I didn't have a word for it. It feels like you're invading that thing, and it makes you feel bad in some regards. Like, you know when, like, a bug lands on you and you start to, like, itch and stuff? That's pretty much what you're doing to that guy, and you can just feel it. And then when you start, like, stabbing him and whatnot, and you just hear him, like, moan and scream? Yeah, oh my gosh. 
Like, I, I think if it didn't have, like, all the shaking and stuff and parts where you had to pause, um... It wouldn't feel like you're on a living, breathing creature. Right. And so, like, I'm not complaining, or I'm not saying that that wasn't necessarily in order to create that, but it's just, like, these these encounters were so, um... It's like, what is the one attack you have, or two attacks you have? I avoided that, and now I'm on you, and your only defense now is to shake. You have two arms. You could easily just swipe me off. Like, you're not doing that. And so, like, I I hear what you're saying about the shaking part. Like, um, being the, the, yeah, like, in 2005, that was the part where it felt realistic. But in 2020, like... You have two hands. Use your other hand and swipe me off. And like, and I know this game is a remake of an old game, but like, I'm coming at it from a 2020 lens because this is the first time I've played this game. And like, it just doesn't feel like it's enough for me to like fully immerse me in the fact that I'm on a living, breathing creature. And um, I don't know because it's just like. I, I, <laughs> And I'm not trying to shit on this game, I swear. (laughs) And I don't feel like I am, but I also, I'm like, I I think this is a good game, but, like, there's just certain things that it kind of, and I, and I, like I said, I tried to say earlier, like, I can recognize the importance of this game and why this game is so highly regarded, but having come to it from a 2020 lens, and uh, I haven't played a game with oversized Titan creatures that you crawl on that I enjoy. So I don't really know if anybody has done it right um, for what I like. But this game... I You like Zelda. Yeah. The Divine but, Beast. <laughs> yeah, but like even though those are like actual puzzles on a giant creature. So it's still a little bit different. You're climbing in a character and not on a character, you know? So it's a little bit different. Uh, I, I thought you were talking about like the the stone taluses or like, uh, but anyways, it's just I don't know. And like I said, I, I like more <laughs> I like more of the colossi than didn't dislike. So like the standouts for me, the ones that I really enjoyed and I starred were I really liked the bird one that Dante talked about. I thought that one was great. Um, I really liked the flying snake uh, in the desert. Mm-hmm. And that one was huge, but the the act of getting on it and it being like a, it was just there, like it wasn't even attacking you. It like and yeah, I, I really straightforward. I, and I really liked that one because it was like okay, how do I get to this thing? I was like actually trying to climb on the rock structures because I was thinking I'm playing Zelda, <laughs> and I was trying to climb on the rock structures in the desert in order to get on the thing, and then I realized I'm not playing Zelda, I'm playing this game, and then I was like, what do I have that can, how can I interact with this thing, and I started shooting my arrow and stuff at it, and I was like, okay, cool, and I was like, it has these like bulbous uh, balloons underneath it, let me try to shoot at those, popped them, and I was like, oh, it's falling lower to the ground, okay, I need to pop these and get on it, and like, that environment, like, that like, I don't think it was, like, I don't know. I Like, may, maybe I'm just partial to flying creatures or something, because I, I really like that one. And then the other one I, I really enjoyed was the second, uh, the Cerberus, the one where you're in the ruins, and you have to, like, which is a smaller creature, where you have to climb on the towers and get, that attract That was my attention. least favorite. 
Really? Okay. Well, that that one I, I enjoyed because it was like not a huge creature, um, and so I didn't have to worry about climbing it. I just had to get around and like get its attention. Um, but like, I'm trying to think of some of the larger. What are some larger? Do you ones? just want to go one by one through them, or how do we you can to- we can go one by? I mean. Because, I mean, I, it, we can go pretty quickly through most yeah, of Yeah, okay, like, so the first one was the Minotaur. I like that fight. I don't really remember it, but I liked it. Yeah, it's just giant, bear-looking dude with a club. It's a good introduction. Yeah. Very tutorial. Yeah. Uh, second boss was the Mammoth. I enjoyed that one. That was the one where you had to shoot it on its leg, right? Yeah, it was trying to stomp on you, and you had to shoot bow and arrow its foot. What, what about you, Trevor? How do you feel about that one? It was okay. I liked it because it it showed you like a little bit more of the mechanics, like with the bow and arrow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, go ahead. Don't we about to say Dante? I was about to say it's like the first quadrupede or quadrupedal colossi. Four legged so, animal. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you you get the implication that it can a colossi can be more than just like this giant. Yeah, and then the third one was the knight, and then you get the implication that it can be uh, two-legged and uh, have weapons. Um, I This was the first one that I had trouble with um, because I didn't know how to get on it. And uh, one of the things that the game did is have hints. I don't know if you could turn hints off. If you play on hard, you don't get hints. Okay, so, so it kind of told you you need to do something to weaken its armor. And I still, like, I was shooting at it. I didn't understand. And at some point, I just so happened to be on the right spot in the environment. And it swung at me and missed me. But it hit the thing, and it was a metal plate that I was standing on. And then I was like, oh, that's actually really cool. I need to use the environment as well. You know, and, like, that was the aha moment for me. Um, But the issue that I was having was... um, uh, and this was my fault. This 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 was probably the besides the last boss. This boss took me the longest to beat because I couldn't figure out how to get to his back left arm from his right arm, and I was climbing on his back and trying to wait till his arm was swinging and then jump on it and then climb up it and like try to get up to his shoulder. And it was just like I'm not taking the most optimal path, but I didn't know how to get to. And then I, after I defeated him, I realized. Oh, you, if I would have just climbed up that arm, I could have went over to the other shoulder, and <laughs> I had like a I'm, I'm stupid moment. But like, I don't know. That was the that boss was frustrating for me until I realized like, oh, there's other things at play other than just me and my weapons. I got to use the environment too. Um, so I did like this boss. What about you, Trevor? Guys? What did you think about it? I liked it simply because that was like the first one that you can actually run up and. Like jump from part to part on, and that that was also when I started having my frustrations because it was like I'm climbing up this thing, I'm not getting shook off, but if I don't make the jump, I fall all the way down. Then I have to start the whole thing over again where he misses the sword and like just the whole rigmarole of getting back on him was frustrating. And the other thing, this was when I first started noticing. I think the music in this game is really, 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 really good. Um, it's not necessarily bangers, but it was very jarring to like, okay, the music was good. It wasn't like super, like not bangers, but it was very jarring and a downer when you went from basically being like the 
boss music to the battle music of the boss. And having that scene kind of revealed to me when I would fall off a thing. And then I'm like, like having it, it abruptly go from being this swelling orchestral music to just being like, uh, just background music. And then going back to swelling orchestral, right? When I, you know, get back on it, it was just kind of like, damn, like, why is it, why is the game doing that? Why did they decide to, why did they decide to do this? That's, that's like the action theme, man. That's like I know, I but what I'm saying is, I'm in the boss fight now. Give me the action theme the whole time. I don't think it would hit the same way because, like, when that music turns on, that's to signify, okay, you're ready to murder this thing. You are, you are the superior to it. And also, it gives me the feeling that the the Colossus has recognized you. It's like okay, players entered the game. Let's go. Sure. Right. I just I just put like I, I I literally wrote my notes. Music swelling during fights was great, um, but when you fall off, it's like kicking me one when, when I'm down because I lose getting to hear that music. It's almost like a wet fart. <laughs> <laughs> like I I get what you're saying, but I know it's, they it's did like that a, intentionally. It's a, it's a nitpick. It's a nitpick. Yeah. It's not a major thing, but it was just something that is like, because I fell off these enemies so many times that it was just kind of like, oh, I gotta, you know, like, I, and one, not only do I have to climb back up this thing, but now I have to not listen to this great music. Kind of. Um, yeah. Um, the fourth, the fourth uh, was the horse, and I did not like this one, but I don't remember why. I'm about to do you remember? I didn't like I it either. And the the weird thing was, like, I I have a pretty decent memory of how to handle all of them, and I vaguely knew what I was supposed to do, and I was doing it, and it still didn't work for whatever reason. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is the one where you had to go underneath the tunnels and get its attention, and mm-hmm. then sneak up behind. Yeah, I did not like this one. Sometimes you have to wait a really long time for it to like actually go where it's supposed to go. Yeah, and I kept baiting him over to like one of the openings, and I thought I had him because I'm like, okay, this is how you do this. I'd go out the other end, and then he still wouldn't have his tail down. Yep. So this one I did not care for. Uh, the fifth one was the bird, which was I think that was one of my standouts personally. I enjoyed that one a lot. Yeah, I definitely think the bird is one of the cooler ones where you're on this lake bed of sorts, I guess, and there's a couple little structures you can stand on. You have to shoot at the bird, catch his attention. He swings around from the sky, kind of circles around, comes directly at you. And your job as a player is to time your jump and just grab onto one of his wings, which has the um, fur that you're able to attach to, mm-hmm. and then kind of take him down from there. And then on top of that, too, you're over a body of water. So, like, if you fall, you're just falling into water, which is kind of, like, not that big of a deal. I didn't really like any swimming in this game, but like it just it kind of felt like slow. But it yep. is what it is. Um, you're not supposed to swim in this game. It seems like <laughs> it's like punishment for being in the water. Um, uh, yeah, I really like that fight. Um, number six was the bearded giant, which I enjoyed. That was the one that he was breaking through the wall, chasing you, and. Uh, you had to get to the end, and he had to peer down, and then you could climb onto his beard. That one was okay. Mm. I liked it. It was um, it was pretty interesting, just because 
It's like, okay, let me let me mess this dude up from his beard. Yeah. I just. And then personally, this is where the the stretch of ones I didn't like were uh, the seventh boss was the eel. I did not like. Really. I didn't like. I didn't like the water part. I didn't like the water, and it was. This was one of those ones where I kept falling off and having to swim around. Um, uh, swim around back to get back on it and everything. So I didn't really enjoy this one. This was the first one that killed me in this playthrough, just because I kind of forgot the mechanic of. Um, he has these little weak points right next to his electrical fins. Mm-hmm. And you have to stab them so they don't electrocute you if you're close to them in the water. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of had a brain fart right there. This one's probably in my top five. Okay. I thought it was definitely cool because, like, when he drags you underwater and you're just, like, holding, holding on to on. your life. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Number eight is the uh, gecko and the. Uh... Like, Coliseum? Yeah. yeah. I didn't really care for this one. I like that it was different. Like, it was... This is probably the most distinct fight, like, out of all of them. Um, besides, like, the flying ones. But it was it was definitely different. And I like the... The layers of, like, being able to go up to different floors. Because if the higher you take him, the longer he stays stunned, right? I had no is idea. Yeah, I think that's the case. Okay. And that was kind of one of the interesting things that I found out this playthrough, at least um, for this boss. There's a couple different mechanics as far as like taking him down. So from what I could tell, the ideal strategy was going up to the very like top of the arena, baiting him to go up there, you finding a way all the way down to the bottom, shooting your at him um, once you're at the bottom. So he lands, you know, from way, way up top and then just taking him out. Like, I like the fight in theory, but it was just getting down to him part. I just did not like it. <laughs> I guess the other thing that I would I do want to mention about the game is each one of these colossi, they inhabit an area of sorts. So You're not fighting them out in an open field, necessarily. Each of them have their own, like, environment that you're traveling to to get to them. Right, they're moving in... They're not moving from place to place, and there are very specific set pieces there... That may aid you in the battle. Yeah. So. Um, the next one is the turtle, which I did not like. The one where you have to hit the little teeth on top of it. Uh, the turtle is the one. No, the turtle is the 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 one oh, in the, the desert. Geyser. The geyser. Oh my bad. The, yeah. the the one where you have to uh fight him on that yeah the geyser the lake bed and um flip him over you have to shoot his two legs and flip him over on his back. Um, yeah, I didn't like this fight. I honestly, like, besides the, the flying snake, I think all the fights where you had to use your horse, I didn't really enjoy. Um, you're supposed to use your horse on that one? We're about to get into one. Huh? You're supposed to use your horse on that one? I use my horse. I think it helps for sure, just, like, baiting him over to geysers and and stuff like that. And dodging, too. Also true. Um, because he shot, like, these, like, electric bolts that were like the, oh my god <laughs> yeah I didn't like this boss <laughs> um, then the 10th boss is the serpent which uh, in my, is another one you had to use the horse and I didn't like this one 
Yeah, oh, I used dude. the horse for that one. It's so good. You have to shoot him in the eye. Yeah, I know. But that's when I realized, <laughs> like, an, uh, a complaint I had with this game, another one, you can write, write it down, uh, is the horse controls. Um, if I, ne- like, on top of uh, if I never have to climb a Titan again, I'll be happy. If I never have to ride a horse again in a video game, I'll be happy too. Um, I just, it, it wasn't, it was, it was difficult for me to make sure the horse was moving shoot an arrow and also make sure I'm not running into a wall or a pillar. And, uh, this fight, like I, you had to do all, make sure all three of those things were not, or, you know, doing that all together. So I had like a weird claw hand configuration in order to do that. Um, there's just, I, I, one of my complaints with the horse is I couldn't consistently get him to go. Like, I feel like, you just hold down the triangle button to make him go fast. I thought you right? tapped it. Pepper it. Oh, you can just hold it too. Huh. And I didn't know that because I, I was tapping in the beginning and I was like, okay, like, why do I have to keep doing this? It seems like I'm beating this horse for no reason. And, um, I mean, I guess who's the real monster? You guys. Mm-hmm. Um,. But I was I would hold the button down and he was going fast, and but in in fights it was like I need to be able to see where this enemy is so I have to hold the left trigger in order to lock onto the Titan. So now the camera is showing me going into the camera and I have to see the Titan that's chasing me, and then also I have to hold my bow and arrow and use the right thumbstick in order to maneuver the 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 the, rec, the reticle over its eye. But then I also, ever so often, I need to make sure that I see what's going on in front of me so I'm not running into a wall or into a column. And, like, so that that fight was not... I died a couple times because I was not successful at doing that. (laughs) Trevor, I'm curious how it went for you. Um, I had issues with the horse, like, throughout the game. Just when it came to, like, climbing, or not climbing, but... Running near rocks, ledges, ledges, things like Mm -hmm. that. Um, Which is why I opted not to use the horse for most of the boss battles. Like, even when it was available to me. Um, But for this one, like the sandworm, I think I I used the horse. And I don't think I had that much of an issue. Like, I knew the horse controls were a problem. So I didn't try to fight it. Like if I was running into a wall, I would just try to get off my shot as quickly as possible so I could turn back around and, and steer the horse in the right direction or try to move to a more open area because I don't think it really mattered like where you shot him, like in relation to the map. Yeah, yeah. As long as he runs into a wall, which he will yeah. inevitably. Yeah. yeah. Um, to Marcus's defense, I know... Pretty much every other time I've played this game, I feel like I've had an issue with this boss. This time, it was literally the easiest Colossus for me. I don't know what was different. I get Well, I do know something that was different. I didn't know about the whole L2 to focus on Colossi thing, so that definitely helped. But, um, yeah. Okay. I, I can't really critique your critique too much. Yeah. I mean, and like, like I said, like I, I didn't really like the horse... Period. It was my least favorite character in the game, um, <laughs> <Mom>. but <laughs> but um, 
I like kind of what Trevor said, like fights where I didn't have to use it, I was fine. And like mostly, I just wrote it to, from one place point A to point B or whatever, and I was fine. But it was I, it was only noticeable in fights where I had to use it. And like really, it was just this fight and then the uh, another fight that it, it was really apparent for me. Um, but yeah, that, I had an issue with this fight in particular because of that. Um, the next one is the the lion. And this is the one where you're in the temple with the uh, fire. Yep. Torches. <laughs> where you really begin to um, become the monster. I did not like this one. <laughs> I didn't like it either. And that's more so because the first time I tried to fight it, I fell off of it. And I don't know if you're supposed to be able to get back on it if you fall off. But it damn sure wouldn't let me. Oh, you got hit in that loop? Exactly. Like, yeah. I, I got caught. Yeah, yeah. Let's look. Can, can, we, talk, can we talk about uh, how much uh, Ueda, Ueda loves uh, his animations for a second? <laughs> can we talk about this forgotten ass, uh, forgotten and ass section of the game? <laughs> Where, oh, if you get hit by this lion, then you're going to just lay face down for like 17 seconds. <laughs> And then Bro, if you got hit by a line, you'd be the same way. <laughs> as soon as you stand back up, it's already charging at you. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, well, got hit with the infinite. <laughs> Only thing you can do is mash to recover, mash to recover. So I found out that um, if you like, the only way I could figure out how to quick rise uh, was if I just keep mashing uh, left and right on the um, D pad. And then, like, you wouldn't get up but, like, a second quicker because would, it would show your character doing the animation of pulling out whatever weapon. <laughs> and so you would have, like, a really, like, unnatural looking where you're, like, slowly getting up. And then next thing you know, you're, like, on your feet, your feet and you're switching out to the next weapon. But because you're stuck in that animation of you switch pulling out the new weapon, um, then, like, you're, you're only getting, like, a second back. But uh, it didn't... I didn't figure that out for this boss fight so uh yeah i i did not like it because like i i got um i got knocked out of the cave um and then <laughs> you so, that hard well like okay so i'm pretty sure you have to have them like you knock him out the cave right well you scare him out of the cave essentially like he backs up off of a cliff and he loses his armor correct and then i was like Alright, cool, I'm gonna go after him. And then I was like, oh shoot, I need my torch. I left the torch in the cave. And so I had to try to run back in the cave and get it. And he had followed me there and he knocked me out of the cave before I could pick up the torch. And then I had to run back into the, the, yeah, so was not a fan. (laughs) Was not a fan. I didn't bother with the torch after I knocked him down. I thought you needed it still, so that was just me not knowing. Because theoretically, you should be able to mount him again. Because um, if you got him back to that room and he like charges one of those towers, you should be able to jump on him. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. But I looked at a guide um, after I like got infinite loot, and um, and in the guide they fell off of him, but they were able to get back on him by like climbing a nearby rock or something and jumping on him. I pick it up. God bless. They didn't show that part. They were just like, oh, oh yeah, if you fall off. You oh, it was a later. It was a later uh, yeah. uh, after they died. They responded. It was like a fifty-fifty for me if I'd get up in time. Well, I don't. I don't see how. I don't see how. 
then the next fight is the uh, Poseidon creature, the one with the teeth on the lake. And I I like this one. Really? Yeah. It was different. Kind of how Trevor said about the gecko um, being so unique. I felt like this one was pretty unique as well. So I, I dug that about it. It, it was kind of like it was a dumb fight. So how did you actually tackle it? Because I'm not sure I did it the right way. So the way I did it is it, it told me I had to get to higher ground. So I saw the ones on the the one you were standing on. The little platform was too low. So I uh, got um, on a taller one, and he was still like not doing anything. But I realized, oh, he takes forever to turn around. I can get on his back. And then you get on his back, climb up, and then um, you just use the teeth in order to steer yourself to the top of another tower. To the very okay. top. Okay. I didn't know, like, the way I played it, it was pseudo-Metal Gear-esque, where you went to these little, like, um, towers in the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was a little, like, there's a circular platform in the middle of each one on the mm-hmm. bottom mm-hmm. level. And I would just crouch behind one of them. He'd eventually lose interest in me, and that's when I would like, okay, this is my chance to get on his back. Oh, yeah, so so you, you get. I did that too, and then but before he would lose interest, I would just jump in the water because I realized he can't shoot his electricity like straight mm-hmm. down. He can only shoot at a distance. He can't shoot it at close ranges. So I would just try to swim in between his body and his leg that was sticking out, and just try to hug. And I, I also. He, for whatever reason, if you swum underwater, he wouldn't be able to hit you as easily as he right. would um, if you were swimming at the surface. So I would just swim underwater. As soon as I got in the water, I would swim underwater between his body and his leg. And he's turning around, but I'm also like kind of readjusting to just aim for his back. And I would get to his back and just climb it. Did you like this one, Trevor? Um, I wish there was a little bit more to it. Like It seemed like it had some really... <sighs> different mechanics but it didn't go that far mm-hmm. it was kind of like you know you have the opportunity to steer this monster into something but you know once you you only have to steer him to get to you know the top level of that platform yeah yeah it, it doesn't actually aid you in like taking him down or anything you still take yeah, him down it felt like way. there was like one more step yeah after he like put his hooves up onto the little platform that you're gonna have to do but were you guys confused when you got to um the top of him and you couldn't stab his head yep <laughs> and then, but, <laughs> but i also like when i was on the ground i was trying to shoot the teeth on his head so I, I knew that though I figured those would have to play a part in the fight, right? And so when I got to the top, didn't see the thing. I'm like, I'm about to hit these teeth. <laughs> <laughs> um. So then the next fight, number uh, thirteen, is the flying snake, which I think this might be my favorite one. Yeah, it's up there for me. Top three, definitely. It's a good one. It's a good one. Which is crazy because it doesn't really it doesn't do anything. <laughs> But it's just like, it's cool. Just being that high up in the air and yeah. seeing him like, he's just such a unique creature since Graceful. he's like this <laughs> snake bird thing that has these long things that he can put into the ground and then it can also burrow itself into the sand and then come back up. Mm-hmm. So. Um, the 14th was the, Cere- the, the Cerebus, the second 
lion, and I and this is the one that I was talking about the towers and the temple. I like mm-hmm. this one as well. Uh, having to climb the basically exterior uh, of the temple in order to I, I liked it. Yeah. Get his attention, make him knock over a column, use the column to get to the next thing. Yeah, I like this fight. My critique of it was it felt a little repetitive as far as like it was always the same column and always the same strategy yeah, for every yeah. single column. So that was like I ended up dying after I knocked down all the columns and then I had to start the fight from the very beginning and I just kind of got frustrated because there's like seven of those things. Yeah. And he has to hit each, hit each one twice for them to be knocked down. Mm-hmm. So. And then the next one was the, I guess, Argus, the Minotaur, another Minotaur. with A the, giant. Yeah, and I, I like this fight. Um, so maybe because I just play too many video games... I was thinking when he was stomp on that thing, you're supposed to time your jump to launch yourself up. (laughs) (laughs) So every time I was trying to do that, I'm like, what the hell? This isn't working. And then I saw like, oh, there's like a little, if it tilts it up here, then I can climb up to that next spot. And I was like, oh, okay. Because that was what I was trying to do to get on. And I was like, I tried it like four or five times. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Am I not timing my jump? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's exactly what I was doing. And I guess that's another thing about the Colossi. Like, all of their attacks, even if they miss you, they have giant AoEs, so, or areas of effect, so you might dodge the leg, yes, but you're still going to get hurt. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, I guess one thing about that fight, you guys just, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, for me, I knew pretty much every step of the way, and that fight is very like intricate in the steps that you have to do. How did you guys go about like figuring out all those parts? Because I know like without a guide, I I feel like I would have been lost. I did the best I could. Um, on this one in particular, I did get stuck, and I needed to, I didn't know he had an, uh, a thing in his palm, so I had right. to. I saw. I looked at a guide and saw that. Because I was like, usually, they so they'd have like, you know, uh, two, three, four weak points, right? That you got to stab. And typically, if you did enough damage to a weak point, it would go away, right? Right. But like on him, for whatever reason, the weak point stayed. And I'm like, I don't know. It's not doing any more damage to, you know, he's not taking any more damage, but it's still there. So I'm like, there has to be another spot. And I'm like, okay, what's going on? And then, like, I tried to, like, look around. And it was also just another thing, too, where it was just, like, it was so fun to, at least for him, like, I I said I don't like climbing on the characters or whatever, but it is a little bit rewarding to jump off, like, something from a, a really big height and then just grab onto something. I will give the fighting titans slash colossi thing in video games that if you can jump from a high place it's fun if you have to climb up from the bottom it's not fun for me <laughs> and um so uh i figured out or i i saw that oh he has a weak spot in his hand so i have to make him do his little smash attack and then that's all i have to do i think he was like one of the few enemies that i had to figure out what i was doing wrong yeah and then this was actually the first enemy i noticed uh, or I 
recognize like a noticeable difference between the glyphs that are on them that you have to stab and like wounds or weak points because some of them are like open wounds and then others are like actual glyphs. So are you talking about like the one on his right shoulder that causes him to drop the, Mm -hmm. yeah, there's a couple of those. That's the same for, um, that one eel boss. That's how you disabled the electricity. He the, has the, the like, things that have the the, the reddish the black. Smoke, smoke around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, last boss has that too. Yeah, and I guess this is the one boss where I really did use that um, shining sword mechanic to find his weak points. Oh yeah, at this point I was like, I, I had already stopped doing it. I think I had done it up till uh, the turtle. And after I, I I had no success on the turtle, so I was just like, uh, I, yeah. So I just stopped doing that. <clears throat> and then the last boss, which I also did not like. So um, I'm guessing it was a matter of getting to him. For the it, most was, part. it was everything. I'd say the majority was, of this one is climbing, so I can see why you didn't like it. I mean, I I I didn't like the climbing. Um, getting to him was frustrating, obviously, for me, uh, with the, 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 the Ueda being in love with your character being face down for however long. Like, if you got hit by this dude with the missiles, it was pretty much you were dead. Um, and, uh, then, um... It was. This was another one where I had to look up what I had to do because I saw the weak spot on his back. So you stab that, jump on his hand, and that was another one where the glyph never went away. Um, which I understand why in retrospect because it's like you need to know where to stab it in order to start this next animation. So like I understand it. But um, that never went away. So then I jumped on his hand and I didn't know... Um, and this is me being me, so uh, 2020 baby gamer, but um, I never attack them because I'm not a monster. I never attack them if there wasn't a weak spot. So in my reading on this last boss, I didn't know that you could um, stab its hand and make it, like stab the palm of its hand, because that's what you jump into, to make it turn its palm face up. So I didn't know that. So every time I jumped on his hand, I was in the palm of his hand, and I had to figure out how to climb to the back of his hand. But he still keeps shaking his hand, and the camera keeps changing. So sometimes when you're hitting up, your character's going up. But if he moves where his hand position is, when you're hitting up, you're now going in a different direction. And so I was wasting a lot of my stamina just trying to get onto the back of his hand so I can get onto his forearm. And then from there, climbing up his forearm to his bicep, his left bicep, or I think, you stab that weak point, he um, he moves his right hand over and you jump into that, and then it was the same thing over again where I couldn't, for the life of me, figure out how to get onto the back of his hand. And then from there, I just didn't know where the weak spot was. And, um, it wasn't it's like his right shoulder, right? Yeah. But I, but I was so like, at that point it was like my meter management was like, I need to get onto the back of his hand 
with, you know, my stamina thing is beeping now because I've used so much stamina trying to climb because I didn't know you could stab his palm of his hand. And so it was already beeping. And then as soon as I get on the back of his hand, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to grab. I want to get some of my stamina back. And then he's immediately shaking. So at that point, I'm not even looking for a weak spot. I'm just trying to make sure that my stamina bar, I'm, I'm just, just trying to uh, manage that. And so I'm, I'm only getting a little bit of stamina back before he starts shaking and shaking. Only getting a, So like I'm worried about that. And then he moves his hand kind of closer to his face at some point. And so I try to jump off of his hand to his face because I'm thinking, oh, his weak spot is somewhere around his head or neck or whatever. And I miss it. And then I fall all the way down. And then I'm like, well, surely I'm going the right way. So then I have to climb back up him, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. And I probably did that like five times. And like, I never made it to his neck. And in my head, I'm thinking I was jumping too late. Not that I was going the wrong way. Um, so and I, uh, let me ask you a question. Whenever you fell, did you like instinctively hold the right triggers? So yeah. Yeah. I would hold the right trigger. Yeah. Just making sure. So when you grab onto something. Yeah. 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 I, you, you would grab onto something. There was only one time where I fell literally like straight down. Like it, it was like, I ran out of stamina and I just dropped and I couldn't grab onto anything. And that was like, I was at his foot and then he just shot lasers at me and lasers at me and then I died. <laughs> I guess that's the one thing I do want to talk about before we get into, like, actually finishing them off. Just, like, this Colossi is pretty significantly different than the other ones as far as, like, design and, like... The entire fight. The entire fight. He wears clothes. So, so, okay, so he wears clothes. He's stationary, so he doesn't move. You get to him at the top of this pillar, and uh, basically you have to get behind cover because as soon as he sees you, he shoots finger lasers or finger missiles at you that are, like, homing. So you have to, like, go from... Um, like World War One-esque, just go into these trenches. Yeah, cover point to cover that. point. Yeah. And you just, you know, get behind cover point to cover point uh, to avoid these. Then you get into, a, like, a, a tunnel that goes underground, so you get to another spot. Pop out of another spot in the tunnel, and you're getting closer and closer to him. Uh, there's only like four tunnels, but um, as you get closer to him, uh, he shoots them, obviously, because he's closer. He can shoot them quicker, and it's, there's less of a travel distance between his laser finger lasers. So I, I felt like by that last tunnel, before you got into that last one, mm-hmm. where it, there was times it felt like he shot them back to back. Like I, I was seriously was thinking like, Oh, maybe when I do the first one, he shoots one. Then the second one, he shoots two. Then the third one, he shoots three. And that's what I was thinking in my head. Is like he's changing up how he's shooting. And so I was like waiting to hear the second one. And then I wouldn't hear it. I'm like, damn, I should have went. And I was just getting into my head. But it, it was just very... That fight was not... Getting to him was very frustrating. Um, and then also just being like... That was the only boss that... One of the few bosses that I used the little dodge roll... And, again, him being so in love with the animations, there was, like, no cancel, which I understand. Like, I'm not I'm not saying there shouldn't be, but there were so many times where, like, I was, like, right behind the cover getting out of the roll, but then the splash damage of the missile, missile pushed me past the cover point, and then I was out in the open, and I'm stuck trying to get up, and I get hit by another missile. I go flying again. And, like, I, I die. And, ugh. 
I know for me the thing that helped, and I can't remember if I did it every time I played the game, but rolling is very underrated, and that's a really amazing way to get from one of those um, cover points to the next one. So that's what I ended up doing. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. I, I didn't even try to run. I just rolled from one to the next. I mean, I, I always misgauge the distance you would cover in a roll. So a lot of times I'd be getting out of the roll animation before I was fully behind the cover. And that was uh, my, one of my downfalls. Um, but I eventually got on top of him. And then, like I said, then the next my next issue was... Um, Climbing his flaming wrist. Yeah, yeah. It was just like basically getting from his wrist to... I didn't know his weak point was on a shoulder. And I didn't really have enough time because of the way I was going about it. Um, and I'm interested in you, Trevor. Did you know or did you think to stab his palm? Uh, I don't think I did. Because, like, I'm wondering, how did you know where his weak points were? Kind of what Dante had asked previously. So, one thing I noticed about something you said was um, the glyphs kept being lit up. But that guy only has one actual, like, damage glyph, and that's at the very top of his head. So, the game, at least personally, I feel like the game does a pretty good job of differentiating between, like, the damage glyphs and the, I guess, wound slash, like, reaction. Yeah, and, like, I I never... I get that now, talking about it with you guys, but I didn't just... Like, I knew there was... Oh, there's one that has red poison stuff. That's what I thought it was around them. And then the other one that was, like... And I think you can see those... You can only see the glyphs when you have the sword equipped, but you can Mm -hmm. see the wounds, and you can you can see the wounds when you have the um, bow bow equipped. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, I'm still like, how how did you know you needed to get to his shoulder, or how was that? I think at first I was like shooting at his face or something. Mm Hmm. Um. Because like even like like I said, I didn't know you could stab his hand. To, to make him like flip it over, like yeah, I, would, so, I would get okay. to the back of his hand, and you could get like kind of close to the wrist, and you could stand straight up. Gotcha. And that was like, well, I've got to jump somewhere, but rather than jumping, I would pull out my bow and arrow, and I think I was trying mm-hmm. to shoot him in the eye or something like that to make him move his hand, do something. Yeah. <laughs> and then I saw his shoulder and shot that instead. Gotcha. But I did fall off a lot on that level. I never fell all the way to the bottom. I like I said, that was only the only time I fell to the bottom, like outside of like back into the range of his missiles, was when I was out of stamina and I was holding on to his hand and I just dropped. All the other times when I fell, I would fell fall back onto like the platforming section. But like, I mean, I just didn't want to do that over again either. Yeah. But you get I don't back know, up like, faster. yeah, I mean, I, yeah, you get it back up faster on him because you don't got to worry about him shaking you off of like the the back part for sure. But it just wasn't like the whole like I I never look forward to like okay now I got to recline because like I said I I had trouble with the camera and climbing from his palm to his the back of his hand, so I wasted that 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 part always took me a long time to do. Um, and used a lot of stamina. So, like, going from having to do that to climbing up his arm to stab his bicep to jump in his other hand to do that just to be back at that spot 
where I don't know what I need to do. That that was the frustrating part about that boss. And I don't know if it's like when you're at like a dead hang, but there are certain positions where you're you're climbing where you don't lose stamina. And I have no idea. I can't remember exactly like how, but at certain times I would be climbing on him and whenever he would like rotate his hand, I would just stop trying to move. And if I was like at a dead hang or something like that, I wouldn't lose any stamina. I know you can definitely mitigate it by being at like a static position. I don't like I'll, I'll take your word for it. It completely stops, but um, essentially, the more the colossi moves, the more stamina you're getting drained from you. So like when they're trying to shake you off and stuff, you'll you'll see your meter, you know, just plummet. But then if you're doing static stuff like you're saying, it's definitely either minimal or non-existent. But then you get to the top of his head, and then you just have this, like, five-minute stab. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he does have a decent amount of HP, and he is not happy to have you there, but there's very little he can do about it. Then you beat the game. Oh, Marcus, you didn't even bring up the part, um, like, right before you get to the final boss. Since you said you didn't like riding the horse, <laughs> I was wondering if we were gonna go by like story pieces. <laughs> oh yeah, so you're you're riding. So like this part, the boss, the location, of the boss is that you can't even access until you've killed the previous fifteen colossi, and so uh, you trigger I, like. Go ahead. Just I was just gonna say so we can tie the story into this since there really isn't too much story aside from going place to place. Pretty much the only cutscene you've had up to this point is after the twelfth Colossi is defeated, you see a group of, um, I guess, noblemen would be the right word, start to approach this bridge that you, you've you seen your like entire duration throughout the game. It's just like in the environment that leads essentially from whatever their kingdom is to the Forbidden Land. So you know there's this group of noblemen approaching for whatever reason. And then, um, pretty much as Mark was saying, like after you beat the previous 15 Colossi, you hold your light to this specific doorway, it opens up, and that's pretty much the story up until this point. Yeah, and um, so you end up going across this bridge, and I don't remember why it happens, but it starts breaking, and then um, your horse is just running and running and running, and at the very end... It jumps, but it can't make it, so it flings you forward to the edge of the bridge, and then it falls down into this river, and you're, like, super sad in the cutscene, but in real life, you're really happy. You basically did um, it like Yoshi. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't, like, happy, but it was just kind of like, oh, well, I guess I'm at the end of the game, so sacrifices need to be made. And... um then, uh, then that's that's what leads into the last fight. After you defeat that boss, then uh, I think you show back up at the temple with um. What's the so, go ahead, you got it. Don't I was you. gonna say one thing. Did you guys notice the changes in Wonder as the game progressed? Like, so if you look at his body, he slowly gets more pale. His um, hair gets more dark. And you start to see kind of like veins coming out of them. I did not notice. Like, most people probably wouldn't notice until about the 14th or 15th Colossi. 
after you finish the last one, you pretty much look undead, so it's very obvious then. Did you notice Trevor? Um, no, I never spun the camera around to look at his face. Gotcha. But go ahead. No, you got it. You got it. Okay, cool, cool. So, um, you defeat the last Colossi. That group of noblemen that we've been talking about pretty much arrives at the shrine the second the last statue gets destroyed. And, um, through whatever power Dorman has, he pretty much teleports you there like he does at the, um, end of any defeat of a Colossi. So, they see your body, they, they're like, oh man, he's been possessed by the undead, we, we just need to finish him off right now, because there's nothing we can really do for him. One of the, I guess, noblemen stabs Wander through the heart, supposedly killing him. Not yet, then- I thought they shoot him in the knee. The they do shoot. You're right. They shoot him. <laughs> they shoot him with that arrow. Took an arrow to the knee. Yeah. Before it even got popular. But pretty much, they shoot him in the knee, stab him through the heart, and like, okay, well, this guy's done. Turns out, every one of those colossi had a little fragment of Dorman in them. So you pretty much get up um, as the reincarnation of Dorman and gather all the shadow essence or whatever, turn into a giant, and they pretty much um, try to run away from you at this point. Which leads to the um, vehicle moment of the game, I guess you could say, where you're um, trying to beat all of these people to smithereens as this giant shadow demon. What do you guys think of this? I'd rather drive the Mako. <laughs> Yeah, it was, I like, you could really tell it was just for the story. Like, there there really wasn't any bearing over how successful you were controlling him. Yeah, I don't think you can actually kill anybody here or anything like that. But essentially, they turn around and run out the way they came in. And on the way, they drop the um, sacred sword that you had into this pool of what I can only assume is sacred water. And pretty much it triggers this event, which drains all of your shadow energy away, sealing Dorman up. And then you, as like the shadow version of yourself, are trying to get back to the girl. But you're slowly getting sucked in, too, because you have, like, I guess you've been tainted too much by the shadow energy. And eventually you get sucked into the pool. And does it fade to credits at that point for the first time i think so i think so yeah no yeah I, so well, don't you see them leaving after that they right, were, i thought that's later though Oh, okay either way it's pretty much at this point where like the noblemen they're riding across that giant bridge you've seen the entire game and it's crumbling on their way back and i think the nobleman says like well, shame about that you, boy. Yeah, it's like it's a shame about him, but um, hopefully he's alive and he can repent for what he's done or something like that. You hate to do it. <laughs> and they don't even say anything about the pre um the maiden, but I guess yeah. they already thought she was cursed anyway, so they don't even care. I guess they had assumed she's dead. I mean, she was dead. I mean, she was. But yeah. they didn't know about the contract you made with Dorman. Yeah. And Dorman happens to be a man of his word. So she wakes up and 
she kind of seems out of it, just kind of confused, like, how did I even end up here? <laughs> Best moment of any game ever, you just see the horse slowly, like, hobble its way back up to the shrine. Just no loyal to the very end. That's a good boy. And they kind of just walk around the shrine to the little pool of water. And in it, they find a little baby with horns on its head. So they go back up to the top of the shrine into this garden and kind of just chill there, I guess would be the best way to put it. Just they're at peace, baby, horse, and girl. I'm, I didn't even see that one. I turned the game off. <laughs> dang. Oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Um, I mean, I, I, I didn't see that last one. I saw the horse walking up to her, but I, I just assumed it was done, so I just was like, all right, cool, I'm done. Gotcha. You saw the horn baby thing, right? No, no. Okay. Hmm. okay I didn't so know until... credits. Yeah, I didn't know until after I, I read. I read a little bit, and I was like, oh, there was a little bit more. Yeah, I think that part is post-credits. Gotcha. But I guess from an implication standpoint, Eco is all about these children with horns, and I guess they get locked away and sent to an island, pretty similar to this forgotten land that you're in. So it's kind of theorized that, I guess, Wonder, the baby version of him, was the first, you know progenitor of that series of boys I guess and then also the girl since she's been cursed and around the um, cursed boy she becomes kind of the antagonist of Ico it's kind of this darkness maiden from what I remember it's been a long time since I've played so that game so it's gender bent no <laughs> uh, no 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 the the girl I know that's what I thought I thought in Ico it's a boy that uh is saving a girl. It is, but then the main antagonist is this darkness maiden. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. But, yeah, the main character you play as an eco is a horned boy. Gotcha. Okay. That pretty much does it for the story. I guess the, um, the biblical implications that I want to talk about a little bit were um, you obviously had the nobleman you had the Cursed Maiden. You have this garden at the end of the game, which there's actually um, there's an Easter egg that requires a lot of stamina to do, but there's a way to navigate around the shrine, like the outside of the shrine, and get into that garden during the actual main phase of the game. And if you get there, there's fruit. But if you eat the fruit, it greatly decreases your stamina... And, um, health, this forbidden fruit. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Hmm. Also, I'm going to type something into our little podcast chat and see what Trevor has to say about it. Okay. So, I don't know that much about the Bible, but Nimrod apparently was behind the Tower of Babel? Babel? Babel. Yeah. And he was the one that, like, Everybody's supposed to worship me, and I think God had a problem with it, so he... Essentially, that's why he made all the different languages or something like that. That's so, rude. that's kind of a microcosm of what happens in this game, where 
you kind of get the impression that Dorman is this almighty godlike figure of sorts, or he thought of himself as a god, but then the world of man essentially locked him away and also split him up into 16 different pieces, which are found in each of the Colossi. So it was a pretty direct um, tieback to the Bible. Hmm. Or at least the story of Nimrod. But I guess Trevor's not familiar with that verse. No, not that story. It looks like it's in the okay. book of Genesis. Um, gotcha. But yeah, it was just a little Easter egg that um, I saw in a video, and it made a lot of sense once they um, explained it. Hmm. Yeah. The only thing I had read about this game was basically, you know, it's ties to the other Team Eco games. Because from what I read, only one of them was confirmed to be a prequel. I can't remember which one. But, you know, there are still kind of ties to it, especially with some of the symbolism and, um, like, you know, there's depictions of horns throughout each of the games. Um, <clears throat> there's there's always, like, this um, dichotomy of, of light and dark. Um, I found one of those, um, and apparently this is an Easter egg, but those goo barrels you find in The Last Guardian? Mm-hmm. There was just one in a random cave somewhere. Hmm. And I stumbled across it. Yeah. I think it's, they said, like, the same thing about the geckos, or the liz- lizards, too. Hmm. There's, like, an Easter egg, because they're in one of the other games. And then they said there's always this um, this use of the color turquoise, like, throughout all three games. That makes sense. So, um... I know you guys are probably trying to wrap up soon, but how did you guys feel throughout the game? Going all psychologists on you, psychiatrist. I I played this game very methodically. Like I mean, I just went straight for each colossus after the other. Mm-hmm. Like I really didn't explore as much as I probably would have if I had played this game on PS2. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like, I didn't even play this game for, you know, this podcast episode. I just kind of played it and then, you know, Marcus said, hey, we, you should, um, do this episode. So, um, I played it before I knew we were even going to discuss it. Um, but while I was playing this game, a lot of the things that I liked about it were kind of off the beaten path of where I was going. Like, you know, having... You know, showing all those different biomes throughout the game, um, just like the how each of the the colossi kind of um, fit in their different environments was really cool to me. Uh, but just the connection of everything in this game, I mean, it, they they just did a really good job of making everything just kind of mesh together right um for me i am definitely the type to explore and this game didn't have things that i looked to to explore like the environment was definitely like yeah i would like to look around and do things and everything and i was able to look around but as far as like collecting anything or like exploring and talking to characters or whatever it had none of that 
So it was kind of, um, personally, it was like an empty world. And like, I know the alone, the alone nature or whatever was the thing that's beautiful, but it kind of just felt empty more so than lonely for me. Um, and I, I definitely had questions of like, what is this structure and who was here before this and all these, these things that like were unanswerable. Um, and then on top of that too, like maybe I would have done some other things. Like I was doing the shrines and I think I prayed at like seven or eight shrines so maybe I would have tried to find all of them, but I also knew that you guys, like, I was the one that was playing, uh, I had a week to play this game, basically. So I was, like, more focused on making sure I saw the game to the end than doing the other stuff. Granted, like, the ringing, uh, this content dry is basically just the boss fight stuff, really, right? And just getting, like... D- beating the bosses and unlocking the time attack mode or the boss rush mode or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, there's not too much, you know, aside from that. Yeah. So like, it was just kind of like, well, the combat aspect isn't necessarily the thing I'm here for, but there's not necessarily a lot of draw on the adventuring and exploration part that I normally enjoy. So I was kind of like, I think I played this game at the pace I would have liked to have played it at, but definitely if there was, more here, I would have done more. Uh, okay. So, both of those answers were good, but when I said, how do you feel, I was more talking, like, about what the you were doing as a character. Did you guys feel any empathy for the Colossi that you were taking down? Or oh, any, yeah, like, definitely. Um, sadness? More, more so than the horse. Because, like, I noticed it when I was, like, pretty much just like literally beating this horse so I could run fast as possible to get to the next Colossus. And I was Never just like, that. I was like, dang man, this horse should've is just <laughs> to say what he should have just held the button down and you wouldn't have felt anything. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know you could do that. I'm sitting here mashing eggs <laughs> and I played this game for better part of a decade and a half. And I didn't know you could do that. Um, Who's the real monster? But yeah, and and just going back to like like I said with how they took like the developers took care to put each of these colossi in their own environment. It it almost seems like, you know, they're just kind of chilling. And oh, they absolutely are. They most of them are just walking around. They don't even notice you. And some of them even to the point where it's just like they're they've been in that environment or in that spot for so long. It's kind of like their body is is ingrained in the environment. Yeah, that was one of the things. Um, so I I didn't beat up on my horse like these you two <laughs> did. But, um, yeah, it really didn't hit me until, I want to say, like, later on in the game. Like, definitely, like, the flying snake. Like, it was like, this thing isn't even doing anything to me. Like, it's literally just flying around. Like, I showed up, it, it came out of the ground. And now I'm like, I'm here to defeat you, and it's not even fighting me. And I was like, dang, this kind of is messed up. Um, and then the, uh, uh, I mean, with a lot of the, a lot of the enemies were like that, where it's just like that that you just show up and uninvited to its house, and it's just like, yo, like, what are you doing here? Kind of almost um, the um, there was one. Uh, there was one other one that I felt that way more strongly about too. Um, 
I definitely felt it for the very last one just because, like, you got to its head and you were just up there for a really long time. At nah, least I was. Nah. <laughs> I didn't feel that way about that. Oh, oh, I remember what I was going to say. There was one point, I think it was when you were at the either the second to last or last boss, where you, I think it was the second to last, where you literally ride by where a boss that you fought was. Yep. And I was like, oh. Like, oh, there, this is, that creature is just dead, laying dead there. And that was the first time that I saw, like, because normally... Co- covered up in sand and... Exactly. And, like, kind of what Trevor said with it being in the environment, that was the first time that I actually saw uh, one of the creatures that I had killed uh, later on. And it was just like, oh, like, it's just, this is, like, not a, like, you know, because, like, when you're seeing the idol or whatever uh explode it's a, the statue of the creature it kind of like removes it from your your consciousness or your psyche of it being like an actual thing because you're seeing like a statue explode right but it wasn't until like i got back and i saw like oh this thing actually wasn't just the statue or whatever it was like an actual living breathing creature and then i was like oh like dang that's kind of messed up and then I rode on to kill the next two. <laughs> <laughs> this game also does a really interesting thing with the credits, in my opinion, where most games, they'll give you, like, if it was most games, they would give you, like, a flashback of, oh, well, remember this fight? Here's some, like, five seconds of gameplay of this fight. No, it's just these long static shots of, or I guess panning shots of all of the corpses of the Colossi. Yeah, that too. Yep, yep. I thought that was a pretty good touch. Did you have any other? I had, I had like a couple questions. Go ahead. Okay, so I two of them we kind of already went through. Like, what's your standout or favorite fight? Mm-hmm. And I think you said for you probably the bird. Bird's definitely up there. Um, you're gonna have to give me a second. But right you? now we're gonna say tentatively the bird. Okay. What about you, Trevor? Um, the bird is really good. Um. I can't remember exactly which one it is, um, but just like, or actually, um, the, I think it was the third Colossus, um, the one that had like... The the, knight? Yeah. um, That one was fun to me, and that that was kind of like my ideal um, depiction of, you know, how this game would play. Mm -hmm. Um, But probably my favorite moment in this game was when you were... Dang, I can't remember which Colossus it was. But when you're when you enter the area that it's in, you basically run towards like the edge of a not a cliff, like you're you're in like some ruins. This may have been the the fifteenth Colossus. Mm-hmm. Um but as soon as you get to the edge of it, you Yeah, that's it, the last the second to last you see one. It yep. Climb up in front of you. Mm-hmm. And I mean it's just like this you know, this massive beast. Just looking down at yeah. you, <laughs> and that was yeah. probably my favorite moment in the game. I, I for me, probably, I mean, the bird or I, I, the flying snake as well was maybe that one was up there for me. Um, did you did you think of yours, Dante? Um, I think bird is a pretty good one, and I also just wanted to say like, there's a lot of really good like moments in this game as well. So, like the second you get to the 
for the third Colossus, you go to this lake area, and there's this giant spiraling structure. And you go to the very top of that, and you just see this giant being, like, get up from the ground and just start walking towards you. And it's just so much bigger than anything else you've fought up until that point. Mm-hmm. And it's just... There's a lot of good moments, but I say, like, moments and gameplay-wise, I'd probably go with the bird. Okay. And then, what's your least favorite? <sighs> oh, definitely that one where you have to run through the tunnels to try to trick The horse? It. Yeah. Yeah, that's a safe one. Okay, mine's the last boss. Um, do you feel like this is a... And I think, I'm assuming so, but this is a worthy uh, remaster imagining absolutely <laughs> i mean yeah like i was just writing these down and i, I figured as much is, is is there so if you feel that way is there anything that you would have changed or that you would change or do you feel like it's perfect um this was a little literal dream game for me because literally when the ps3 came out i'm like dang i wish they just waited a year and made this a ps3 game when it because it came out like very late into the PS2's life cycle. Mm-hmm. And then when I heard, oh, they're remaking this game for the PS4, more or less from the ground up. <laughs> yes, sign me up. Sign mm-hmm. me up. As far as things I would change... Hmm, there's a couple like control wonkiness things occasionally. Like Even that's kind of minor for me. So, I mean, the controls could be a little bit better. I would probably replace the colossi that me and trevor are complaining about with a different colossi but aside from that like i couldn't really ask for much more (laughs) yeah you anything for you trevor um it's probably a little bit harder to say since you this is really the only yeah because i I didn't really play the first game i played the first colossus or the first level Mm -hmm. Um, but from what i remember the controls I, i remember fighting with the controls a little bit but I like Back then? It, yeah, but I like the game so much that, and plus just because it was a demo too, um, you know there wasn't that much um, to to fight with. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I th- I think it's a pretty good remake. Um, I like how they added the, uh, the like the little collectibles, the coins that you can get, because they utilized the PS4. Um, Controller. controller, like when you when you get close to them, you can hear them, and then as soon as you pick them up, it makes a little. Your game freezes. Yeah, it's really <laughs> tight. <laughs> See, I didn't even know about the whole controller thing. Yeah, because it, it does. I've had had to do that in a couple of other games. Like I know Horizon Zero Dawn did it. Um, Detroit. Yeah, Detroit. Become Human that uses it. I think it's just um, exclusive games, of course. So there's a total of seventy nine coins. Oh, I definitely I only one. found two of them. Yeah, I, I think I found one. two. <laughs> Last one. And I feel like this is like a good discussion point, and then maybe we can call it unless you guys got anything, but do you feel like this game would have made as big of an impact if it came out now? For me, mm. absolutely. Just because, like I was saying before, it's still so much different than some of the games that have taken from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus with it being like only, it's kind of like a boss rush game. Um, 
there, there's not like a huge narrative to it. So I think now, you know, it would still be impactful for me. I, I think I'm going the other way. Um, just because I feel like if games were to go on the trajectory that they have been going on, like just take this game up out of history and that does not change how Lords of Shadows is or God of War. That's the environment that I'm talking from. Um, I think now this game, if you would have made an open world game this way with not a lot of content in it, see, see, this is where I was kind of on your side is as far as like, would this game have as big of an impact? But then when you say like that, I think that's a complete game changer. I think I think it, it, it would become like a, a way a different way for people to think about the game mm. games and what they can and can't do, but I feel like the players now, maybe myself included, there wouldn't be enough here to draw us in. So I definitely think that the people that are really in love with this game would still enjoy it. But I don't know if I, I don't know, like because I'm thinking, like, you know, when the game came out, like, message awards were a thing still. Uh, but I, I don't know. Maybe people weren't as... I mean, people were still angry on message boards, but maybe not as much as they are on Twitter. But, like, if this game came out now, I think a lot of people... More people would shit on it than did it originally. I think there would definitely be some people confused. Like, hey, where are my crates where I can get a better sword or a different, like, um, skin for my protagonist or my horse skin, my horse armor. Mm-hmm. But like, why doesn't the sword I, just create a, a waypoint in the sky for me to follow to get to the like, Colossus? And I know that um, this is going to be kind of blasphemous what I'm saying, but I think the game is better, much better for having, not having that stuff. So I, I feel like it would dilute the experience if it had like, Oh, well I can have this yeah, yeah. hat. The, for the character horse armor. The story slash experience that Ueda wants you to have would be dramatically, in my opinion, worse if they added the stuff that modern games have now. But I don't know if the game would have made as big of an impact if games were doing, like... Because he basically, like, what he made was, like, something that was, like, a visionary and, like, people would draw inspiration from and even if they didn't necessarily, like... Like, something like Breath of the Wild. It's mm-hmm. like, you go from playing... Breath of the Wild wouldn't be able to happen without this game. Correct. But, if you went from being able to play Breath of the Wild to being able to play this game, I feel like you would say, there's nothing here. There's nothing for me to do. And I guess that's the point that I'm I'm taking it from as somebody that likes, like, hashtag content or whatever in their game. And I don't necessarily need it. But I, I don't know if the way games are made now, like, if this would... Uh, I, I feel like a lot more people would be confused about the game than, like... See, I can I can test you on that, or at least challenge you on it, because you had games like Jack 2, which was an open world, and I'm pretty sure this is post-San Andreas. So people... This, yeah, it, it's, it's post-San Andreas, but also it's also the very end of the PS2. Correct. So, like, they're working against, like, hardware limitations that are no longer a thing in the same way. So, like, if they were to come out with this game... But without... I'm just saying, in regards to content, they were, they were open worlds with content back then. 
this is just taking a different approach to the open world. Yeah, which, but, sure, sure. What, I, I, what I was going to say, it, it's regards to Zelda, like, if I played this after Breath of the Wild, or at least this is my honest... The way I did, the way I did. What I would think of myself. Like, I think I would be of the opinion this is just a different type of thing, not that this is something that's lacking. So my perspective is it's like, there are so many things, like, and, and maybe also just because I didn't play a lot of modern games in between, like, for, for a while either. It's just like, when I played Breath of the Wild, I was like, oh, I didn't have to deal with the the growing pains and having to deal with, like, games that didn't live up to their unfulfilled promises. And so when I went from playing Breath of the Wild to playing this game, I was like, wow, I was literally unleashed and able to do anything I wanted to do. And now I have the handcuffs back on. And it it was like stepping back in time and just being like, well, this is what games used to be like. And and, and instead of saying like, oh, like I really enjoy this game and I can see and I I do see where games aped, I was kind of like, I'm glad we're not at this point anymore. And that was like my biggest takeaway that I had. It's like, I appreciate what this game did. I don't need to play this game again. Thank you for your service, kind of, you know? I guess I'm just of a different opinion where, like, I feel like everybody knew what Shadow of the Colossus was, but very few games actually tried to really inspire themselves directly from it. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like people are like, okay, there is Shadow of the Colossus, but what if we did, like, San Andreas or Assassin's Creed or whatever, and that kind of became the popular... Yeah, strain yeah. of open world. Yeah, whereas a lot of people respected Child of the Colossus, it was kind of, in my opinion, like Ocarina of Time, where everybody's like, "Oh man, that's one of the most amazing games of all time," but we're not really going to take a lot of the big mechanics away from it and try to use it in our game. And and I guess maybe, yeah, but I just the way I view Breath of the Wild is like it's the best of both worlds. You still have the all this content and like stuff to do but the game still feels like a work of art you know and it took us a while to get to that point because i don't think that every game that had like like san andreas isn't as beautiful as this game you know like uh red dead into in, in a way people feel like super strongly about the art style but like sometimes like that game leaves a little bit to be desired i guess on other fronts um but like i, I kind of just feel like I'm, the one thing I will, I, like, I agree with you, but I will say, like, narratively, or, and maybe not even emotionally, because Breath of the Wild does, a, like, invoke emotions, or evoke emotions, but it's a different type of yeah, yeah that happens, you know. Definitely. So I feel like they had to make the game a specific type of way, which can be off-putting for some, um, with this one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I, I definitely get what you're saying, and I mostly agree with it. Yeah, I, I yeah, if we're in, in, obviously including the story, then it, it would just be extremely difficult for them to tell the story they told with all the stuff that you would get now. Um, so yeah, I just honestly, I just feel like a game. If this game were to come out now, it wouldn't be as grand a game. It'd be like a, a indie, like probably 16-bit game or something like that. Is probably what they would be putting out now. 
where it's like, oh, there's a game with it's it's basically a boss rush game. Like they're not putting the budget that they put towards that. You know, like you'd like, be a completely different game. I get what you're saying because I the one critique that I would say modern gamers would have is like this is sixty dollars. Yeah, 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 and so that's what I'm saying. I, I think this would definitely be the vision of an indie developer, and like that. They Bro, would I heard ones. they were going to give us 48 Colossus, <laughs> Colossi. They only gave us 16? Oh, we yeah. need a boycott right now. The other 32 are going to be DLC, but they're on disc. <laughs> Gamers, rise up. So, yeah, you, you probably get a lot of that. So It's unfinished. Game doesn't even run at a steady 30 frames per second. <laughs> Did you guys play on, um, I guess, resolution mode or performance mode? Did you guys even know those were yeah, options? I didn't even see that option. No. Yeah, I mean, okay. Essentially, you can play at, like, I guess for regular PlayStation, it's 1080p. Uh, 1080p 30 or something in 60. Like maybe even. Hmm. I forget, but essentially, there is a 60 frame per second option that you take a resolution cut with. The only other complaint is is that all their subtitles and stuff, they use Papyrus, and I thought we were past that. <laughs> hey, man, Dorman's speaking that antiquated language. they got to give it an antiquated font. Yeah. Do um, you guys got anything else? You did ask me a question, or you wanted to ask me a oh, question. Oh, yeah, I did want to ask you a question. Thank you for reminding me. Um, I don't even remember the question. I'm going to pull it up, though. Did you, you had something we were supposed to remind you about that you ended up... That was a question I was talking about. Oh, okay. Is, okay. Essentially, you were asking me, like, why I said, like, I personally like to take a break after maybe yeah. finishing a Colossi or two. Yeah. And that's just kind of... I feel like this game, one, since it's not very long, and two, it's... I kind of think of it not episodic, per se, but, like... I don't want to play it in large chunks. It feels like it's supposed to be digested. Like, oh, let me process what I just did type of um, mood. So personally, I like to do like one or two Colossi. Give myself a little bit of a break. Get back into the world. That way it, doesn't, it just doesn't seem like a Bosch Rush type of experience. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, it was a Bosch Rush for probably me and Trevor. <laughs> I mean, I knew what I was getting myself into. Yeah, and I don't blame you for like being like, oh, I can't put it down, because I was pretty much the same way the first time I went through it. Okay. But you knowing what you know now, that's just how you do it. Well, except for this time where I beat it literally in a day. But, yeah. You know. um, do we got anything else? Do you guys got anything else? Amazing game, amazing experience. Uh-oh. Sounds like it's going to be high on top of um, this list. So, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Dante, great game, great experience? Uh, you know, like, I, I would maybe say maybe top 25 gaming experiences ever. Probably okay. in that ballpark. Well, I will, Definitely top 50. I, <laughs> I will say influential game, okay, experience. So that's that on that. Um, uh, you Nimrod. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, this is a bonus cast. Where can people find you at, Trevor? I was going to say what our next game is, but it's a bonus cast. Uh, we might try to do another one of these. Uh, you can. We got time. <laughs> oh yeah, with this quarantine, we got plenty of time. Oh jeez. <laughs> um, you can find me on the internet 
at Lyric Unsung. I'll be getting ready. You can find everybody on the internet, bro. That's where everybody is right now. Well, you can find me on Pokemon Go. I'll be getting ready for the regional tournament coming up at the end of the month. I, I got a question for you. <laughs> I already... Are you allowed to stay in your car around like different places now? Um, Is that still legal? So... I don't know because yesterday that you know they shut down the state. Um, I know you're being facetious, um, but <laughs> I mean I'm being facetious and I'm being serious though. Um, I don't want you to get arrested. I don't think they're arresting anybody yet. I think they're just yeah. they're just urging people to only do essential travel. Is this essential? I mean, I haven't been been playing the last week or so now. I've just been chilling at home playing Murder by Numbers. I'll be on that game shortly. <laughs> good game, good experience. Alright, where can people find you at, Dante? They can find me at twitch.tv slash awakencloud. I have been streaming um, the entirety of this game. You might have caught that yesterday. Or Black Mesa at the moment. Those are the two that I've been... Um, kind of working through i'll probably be on there with final fantasy 7 still figuring out what i want to do for that because i kind of want that first experience to just be me Mm -hmm. so maybe a second playthrough or something because that's definitely gonna be a second one (laughs) yeah yeah just just mark that one in your calendars okay and you can find me at potato salad on facebook and twitter um i'll probably i don't know I'll put put some I've been watching a lot of Netflix and chilling. <laughs> so um do you guys got anything else for this game? We'll try to we'll try to do another um we'll try to do another bonus cast. Maybe we can have we can play one of Trevor's favorite top fifty games of all time. Oh yeah. Or maybe we just did. <laughs> it's, it's um okay, okay. okay. Uh, maybe maybe I can get you guys to finally play one of my top fifty games. Have you played fifty we're games? Marvel? Yes. <laughs> no, we play FTL or Into the Breach, my guy. <laughs> um <laughs> Coronavirus. <laughs> um, alright, well with that, we're miss checkpoints around. Peace.